Welcome we're back. back. Sydney and Morgan with yes. another nameless pod. Um, we have a very special pod today. We're going to be talking about citizenship, and we have some really special guests here. So, um, uh, do you want to talk about the yeah. ceremony? Yeah, so let me give a background and then we'll introduce um, our guests today on our podcast. So, tomorrow, which is Friday, March 22nd, there will be a naturalization ceremony that will be held in the theater um, here on campus at the Mount. And today we're actually joined by three Mount professors that have either either went through this process or are currently in this process. And so in order to educate our audience along mm-hmm. with like the larger Mount community about this process and what these 99 people that are going through and have went through um, to get this citizenship tomorrow, we thought that it would be important and you know nice to have first person accounts on what it's actually like to be a US or become a US citizen mm-hmm. because Sydney and I both have birthright citizenship. <laughs> um, and so we're going to interview three Mount faculty um, members. So if you'd like to introduce yourselves, go on ahead. Sure. My name is Uli Winsmeyer. I was born and raised in Germany, and I was sworn as a, as a citizen in uh, 2012. I teach music. I teach also freshman seminar and senior capstone. My name is Pierre Revolta. I'm the na- native of France. I'm a... Uh, Assistant Professor in Criminology and Criminal Justice Department at the Mount. I'm currently a permanent resident, also known as a green card holder, and I will be eligible for citizenship later this year. That's exciting. I intend yeah. to apply. Yeah. And I'm Dr. B.C. Charles Liescombe. I'm an Associate Professor in Athletic Training. I am a Chilean native. Uh, I was born there and moved here as a young child. Um, and I was naturalized as a citizen in my teens. All right, so I think Sydney and I have some questions that we've kind of prepared, and obviously if they don't fit your situation, just feel free to either say, you know, this doesn't work for me, or kind of modify it for your own personal situation. Um, So we went through um, your original country of citizenship, but do any of you have dual citizenship, or are you all... Well, the two of you that now are American citizens, are you just... Um, I actually was, um, I had to relinquish my citizenship to Chile when, when uh, mm. I earned my naturalization uh, citizenship. Um, at the time, Chile would not allow dual citizenship, oh, no. and, they, okay. and the U.S. wasn't uh, extending dual citizenship. Mm. So, um, but then in, uh, I believe it's 2013, um, I did... Uh, reapply and was awarded Chilean citizenship. So oh. now I am dual citizenship. That's really cool. At the time when I applied, I uh, wasn't aware that Germany had changed the law and was now accepting dual ch- citizenship. Uh-huh. But So I checked into that, mm-hmm. um, but was told by the German government, um, don't apply for citizenship until we have you know, reviewed your case. Okay. And I'd already applied. I thought, I'm not waiting any longer. <laughs> yeah. Nobody can, can take my roots away from me. Yeah, you know, yes. I am yeah. who I am, and the accent is still there. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and so I gave up my German citizenship mm, to become okay. a U.S. citizen. And then are you looking to keep dual citizenship? Or? So I've, I've looked into it <clears throat> uh, just to know what I would get myself into uh, before deciding to apply. Um, and I do not think the French government lets you abandon. Oh, <laughs> your okay. Um, and so, I think I would be a dual citizen. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah. All right. So, um, the the two of you that are naturalized citizens, could one of you explain, or could you both explain the process that you went through and like how long it took you? Yeah, certainly. Well, I, initially I came over 
uh, as a student. So okay. I came over with an F1 visa. I had a grant from the German government to get a master's degree at the Juilliard School of Music in New York. Oh, oh. wow. And so after I finished that, my dad had told me, don't come home without a job. <laughs> and I, um, you know, you're not going to put your feet on our couch without a job. <laughs> so so like I, had, <laughs> I had flown over to Germany for several auditions, and I came real close once, but then found a job in New York. And oh, wow. I, called, I called him and said, yep, I've got a job. <laughs> dad said, you haven't been over here for a while, so what is it? He said, where is it? I said, New York. Mm-hmm. Silence. Oh. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, I, I was able to apply for an H-1 visa because I had a um, graduate degree from a top U.S. school, right? Oh, yeah. um, so I got the H-1 visa, which is good for six months, right. or was at the time, and then I reapplied for another six months. And then during that time, I applied for my green card, okay. permanent residency. And that took about five years. Wow. wow. And it was a lot of, you know, FBI checks. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my problem was that my fingerprints would never work out right because oh. I'm, as a harpist, yeah. I had calluses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, I should file them down, so they look different all the time. That's and crazy, I, told, yeah. I told the FBI, keep the pinky. Yeah. <laughs> we don't play with the pinky, it's always the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was one of the problems. And then when I finally, well, once I finally had my green card, um, my parents would not have. Uh, understood oh. why I would become a U.S. citizen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I waited until they had both passed away and then oh. applied. Wow. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, I arrived as an infant. My oh. parent, my father was a, was a student in Vanderbilt. He came in the early, this was in the, the early 70s, and he was, uh, he was coming in with uh, engineering and math and science. I was coming in, for, you know, we were very open to to the immigration here in the U.S. for those, and so my father was studying there. And then he got, uh, again, a professional visa to stay after he had graduated, and, um, and it took him approximately 10 years to earn wow. His, wow. His, his naturalization from that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that point, I was, it was, I was 10. Another f- four years later, my mother was naturalized in a separate ceremony. So that was the second time, and then at, by, at 16, I was granted um, I was granted the opportunity uh, to naturalize, but I didn't go through the big ceremony because I was a child. It was oh. still I was still considered minor status, so it was much different to mm-hmm. be able to go. So the the worries and the testing that goes along yeah. with the citizenship test. As a 16 year old in high school, I didn't have to take one. Oh, <laughs> so you got you got through with no testing. Uh, it was uh, actually. Uh, I was a d- bit disappointed not to get tested. <laughs> yeah, there was no hoopla about it. No, there wasn't really. Uh, talking about uh, the, um, the test, mm-hmm. um, you know, nowadays you can prepare online. They have oh, all yeah. Kinds of, all kinds mm-hmm. of questions there. But there was one question that I absolutely flunked. Oh. And they, they asked me, and I bitterly complained about it afterwards. I feel like we on. might flunk it. <laughs> no, they asked me who's, who's on the $100 bill. And I oh. said, well, I didn't know. Uh-huh. And he said, how come you don't know? I said, well, the ATM only gives you 20s. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never see a 100, really, unless you go to the bank and you say, I need a $100. Yeah. <laughs> and now do you know who's on the $100? Ben Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> Stuck with me forever. Now. Yeah, you'll never forget that one. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Oh. So I can relate to, this, to Uli's experience a little bit. 
um, because I also came here as a student uh, and I had this F1 visa and then I had a temporary work authorization and I had an H1B, which mm -hmm. is a, like, they call it advanced worker mm -hmm. visa that was for three years. Oh, that um, changed now, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And I would have continued on that route to try to get my green card through employment, but in the meantime, <clears throat> I had put my name in something called the diversity lottery, also mm -hmm. known as a green card lottery. And I did that for a couple of years, and one year, I won. Oh, wow, <laughs> so you got the lottery. Yeah. I like to say that, you know, I, I won the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> Do you prefer like a million dollars or the right to live and stay in the U.S.? All right. <laughs> well, it was a pretty good deal for me. Um, and yeah. as a result of winning, my wife, who is a Chinese citizen, she oh. also won, so we both got the green card at the same time. Wow, that's yeah. nice. And uh, our daughter was born two years, almost two years ago, in here, so she is a U.S. citizen oh, by birthright. Yeah. Yes. But my wife and I are not yet. That's crazy. And so yeah. that's an important thing for me to want to become a citizen mm -hmm. because she so, is. Because yeah. she is, and also because I'd like to have the right to vote. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I've yes. been in this country for ten years. <laughs> I've been paying taxes. <laughs> but you can't choose who I the government was, officials. That was are. the hardest thing because in Germany, as long as my father was still alive, I mean, I never missed a vote because he'd sent me an absentee ballot. Oh, yes. yes. And then for many years, I couldn't, and yeah. I was so mad. And <laughs> ever since 2012, when I was sworn in, mm -hmm. I have not missed a single election. That's good, yeah. Even when sometimes in Green Township, there isn't much to vote, vote on. <laughs> Still, <laughs> <go. laughs> yeah. Still got to get out and vote. Yeah, yeah. that's important. Okay, yeah. so this kind of adds into our, one of our next questions. Um, why did you want citizenship rather than like maintaining a visa or a green card? Like, is it, you all mentioned the right to vote. Is there other perks of being a citizen? Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it starts out with coming back into the country and that and uh, the immigration officers say, welcome home. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. you're under scrutiny. Yes. As yeah. a, as a, even as a, as a green card holder, you're still under scrutiny. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, um, they changed the rules. My, I'm one of the last green card holders that where the green card didn't have an expiration date, oh. but it became really difficult because if nowadays if you apply for uh, or renew your driver's license, you have to show your green card. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so since it didn't have an expiration date, so many people couldn't deal with it. They didn't yeah. know what to do. Oh, wow. And so people. Are, said you know you should just be a citizen i said yeah i guess i will <laughs> also green cards you know they're only good for 10 years okay and then you have to renew and for 200 dollars more you can apply for citizenship yeah, yeah. Never have to <laughs> and then you'll never have to reapply <laughs> again yeah. Right. Yeah. exactly but i mean as i said earlier you can't take away the fact that i was raised in germany exactly right, right. yeah um but i am so much more american than i'm german now <laughs> to the point where when i take students from the mount over to berlin we sit in a cafe they come up to me and say i'm too loud oh <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <laughs> yeah. no we are more it's a completely different life over here and yeah. i completely adjusted to it well, yeah. yeah i was you know in now looking as an older applicant it would I would sense the sense of security that being a citizen provides yeah. if you're traveling abroad oh. if you are uh, if you are encountering issues the State Department does have a consular presence that is available and I just get a sense of security from yes that. Mm -hmm. I don't have as many worries mm -hmm. um, though I I mean I I get a sense of security just traveling on a US passport 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I can't. I can't undermine what that means. You know, if, yeah. if I were to fall into some trouble, I have a sense of security. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know that the U.S. might come and save you. Or come <laughs> and help you. <laughs> that there's resources. Yeah, right? there are. Yeah. There's resources in embassies um, that I could access. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's hope that remains the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I will echo the, the whole travel thing. Uh, my wife and I, we travel internationally uh, you know, maybe twice a year because her family is in Asia and my family is in Europe. Um, and when you come back, leaving is pretty easy. Yeah. But when you come back, yeah. there are two lines. Um, uh-huh. And uh, I look forward to the day where I'll be in the lines for a U.S. citizen uh, only. Also, if you have a U.S. passport, you can travel to something like 160 countries without a visa, without a visa. Oh, yes. which make things uh, pretty neat. And on the other side, I, I teach criminal justice, and so I emphasize in a lot of my courses the importance of the Bill of Rights and the rights we all enjoy. Uh-huh. And the two rights that you can't have if you're not a citizen is to vote and to serve on a jury. Oh, yes. Like yeah. Everything else applies to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're here legally. Yes, if yeah. you're here. But these two things are the last from my import. And uh, I've been here 10 years. You know, I think these are important, like, duties and, mm-hmm. and, and responsibilities mm-hmm. I'd like to have. So. Yeah, yeah. Sydney, do you have any questions? So you can keep going. You want me to keep going? I just didn't want to, you, you know, got it. take over your part, too. Okay, so if you had to do it over again, or if you, you know, would you? Would you, you know, go through the whole process of becoming a U.S. citizen all over again? Hmm. Probably. Probably. <laughs> well, I can't imagine. I mean, I've been, you know, since 1980. Yeah, so a good so, portion of your life. Yeah, yeah, more longer than I ever lived in Germany. Even yeah. though you're listening to my accent, you wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't know <laughs> that. But um, would I do it over again? Well, if the situation were the same, I probably would. Yeah. Although I have to say, the the U- United States in the in, in 1980, very different. Very different country yeah. than it is today. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it would depend, you know, what would be going on politically. Yeah. How. Yeah. It, how is the U.S. respected in the rest of the world? Mm-hmm. That's because Europe right now is thinking about for U.S. citizens that we need to get a visa now. Yeah, yeah, I saw that yeah. now that we'll because we no longer allow certain countries in the EU to come over without right. a visa. Soon, we as U.S. Mm-hmm. citizens or U.S. passport holders will have to get visas to go over there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say just in, in looking at my own family, my father and my and my near my closest uncle both came to the states to study and to to get their their specialty visas in engineering. I had two other uncles who traveled abroad. One went to South Africa. The other went to Australia. My grand great grand my grandparents went to Australia because of the strife that was happening in Chile. Mm-hmm. There was an overthrow of the country. Um, it was under military dictatorship, and it had periods of socialism. Um, but all of the we, so we had a di- kind of family diaspora for about a decade and everyone eventually that went to countries other than the u.s Mm -hmm. moved back to chile and they Mm -hmm. established re-established themselves at a very high economic standing they've they've really kind of rejuvenated um but the ones that came to the states stayed here in the states because of the opportunities and just the uh, it was just a very it's and this most of those those family members arrived in the late late 70s mm-hmm. and so as you indicated you know when you arrived here in, in 1980 um, 
still welcoming place. Mm -hmm. yeah. Exceptionally welcoming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there were opportunities. I mean, there were there was just growth in the economy, so people could move up. Yeah. Well, and I also noticed. I mean, it's. Um, I felt at home right from the start because yeah. nobody said, uh, like they would in Germany, um, what does your father do? Right. Uh, right. To put you in a class situation, mm -hmm. right? Where do you belong? But yeah. everybody said, what do you do? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What yeah. are you doing? Um, yeah. You know, it, there wasn't the bureaucracy that Germany already had. You want to build your own business, you want to do something, yeah. it's possible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I ran my own business as, as a harpist for 25 years, you know? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it was possible. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I think we take a lot of that for granted. We do. Like we don't really see like um, the security that you were talking about that we have, you know, or how easy it is to get back into the country. I mean, know? we vote and we don't yeah, even think yeah, about it. You know, we just, just go like, vote. Mm -hmm. And yeah. people complain that they have to serve on right. juries. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, you know, some people would probably love to be able to be part of that process. Yeah, and I think, you know, yeah, we really take all of that for granted and we do like complain about some of the things that other people th see as, you know, awesome. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Obviously, there are some misconceptions about immigration that, especially in this political climate, mm -hmm. there's a lot of misconceptions and just negativity surrounding the process. So um, what are some misconceptions that you might have faced during your own citizenship process or that you still face today? I don't think that I have faced. Okay. Uh, Problems. I mean, nobody. People will ask me where you're from, and I yeah. say Germany, mm -hmm. and that seems to be, um, you know, that sufficient. <laughs> just that's like, sufficient. That's yeah. It. yeah. Maybe not quite Norway, mm -hmm. but yeah. you know, I mean, <laughs> close enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I think there are misconceptions today, and I teach a, uh, a capstone on immigration. Mm -hmm. okay. So I mean, whenever there was a new wave of immigrants that came to the country. People were fearful mm -hmm. because they didn't know them. Yes. Um, they would react with laws that were ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, typical example, who was the first Catholic president in the United States? John F. Yeah. Kennedy. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Took until the 60s yeah. <laughs> for a Catholic to be able to become president. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of prejudice going on throughout the history of immigration. Mm -hmm. yes. And I think that it's not just the United States. It's yeah. the same thing in Europe. They're experiencing um, the same kind of um, resentment mm -hmm. from people that come in from Syria or other yeah, places. refugees. And, and, right. And so Germany let in about a million of them, and the German chancellor is probably going to lose her job over this. Yeah. Yeah. But whenever you know, your own identity is threatened, mm -hmm. yes. No matter where who you are, yeah. then there's going to be this backlash and mm -hmm. the misconceptions of, of immigration. Yeah, yeah. There's something that um, I found interesting when I was in the official immigration process. So if you're a student here, you're on a non-immigrant visa. You're granted, you know, the ability to stay here for purposes of studying, but the minute your studies are done. You have maybe a six months and then you have to leave. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I was applying for um, this H-1B um, visa, this um, you know, specialized worker visa, mm -hmm. one thing that came to mind is, it, because it wasn't used at the time, like immigrants come here to take other people's jobs. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was wondering, am I 
you know, taking somebody else's job. Mm-hmm. And the labor department is actually very strict on having yeah. Yeah. employers post the job and say everybody else can qualify. And if you're the best person for the job, you're the best and, person. And yeah. you're the best person. Yes. And so I, I felt, yeah, I earned it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Same for me. I mean, uh, I ended up, when I started the process, working for an international heart company. Mm-hmm. And um, they were located in Italy and in France um, and in the United States. And they needed somebody who spoke three languages. Right. And so I had German, English, and French. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, so, you know, they advertised this position in this company. Yes. And lots of Spanish speakers, but they didn't have the European languages. Mm -hmm. So I was the only one. And you had an edge, and you were the best for the job. Right. Right. And you also had to be a harpist. Yeah. That's an important part. (laughs) (laughs) So that was a very limited search, and I was able to, but again, I wasn't taking away a job no. from an American. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. right, yeah. yeah. And I take that, that those those things for granted because I I came of age and my parents had already earned citizenship. Yeah. So it was not, um, I do remember applying for my first few jobs and indicating that I was a you know, permanent resident. And, but thankfully I, I had reached adulthood. You know, I, had, I had reached naturalization age before adulthood. So right. it really yeah. wasn't a, ever a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But maybe the one thing that Uli and I share in common and that I, we would share in common maybe with your parents or mm-hmm. uncles is that the immigration process, like the legal immigration process, is a series of hoops <laughs> and yeah. anxiety in mm-hmm. dollars right <laughs> yes and, that's and, and paperwork and i can remember the first time you know going to the u.s embassy in france to apply for my student visa and i was nervous and you had to mm-hmm. answer these Me questions too. Mm-hmm. make sure you filled all the paperwork mm-hmm. and paid the fee and don't misspell anything yeah. you have and to start over you yeah. have to remain in compliance right. with the terms so if i had to leave the country to go see my family and come back I had somebody at the school who was supposed to sign paper. If I didn't have the paper, you couldn't come back. Oh, oh gosh. Wow. So I'd be happy the day when, you know, I become a citizen and I don't have to worry about I mean I'm a permanent resident, so I don't worry you know too much about that. But that would be the thing like we're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no more. Yeah. It's, it's also, completely done. It's yeah. also I, I do believe in, in immigration reform because the process is way too long. Oh, yes. Yes. The things that yes. you can do with electronics today. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's out of date. When you mm-hmm. talk to these immigration officials, one hand doesn't know what the other one's doing. Yeah. Yes. It needs to be streamlined. It mm-hmm. needs to be a process. I'm all for vetting. I was vetted so many times. <laughs> yeah. I'm all for it. That's yes. perfectly fine. But, you know, streamline the process. A friend of mine, um, she, he, a U.S. citizen, uh, got married to a British citizen. Mm-hmm. And he had to go back to England for two years. Wow. Oh my gosh. Well, they went through this process of him getting a green card. Wow. He married to a US citizen, yeah, right? Yeah, that's crazy. He was separated for two years. That's and crazy. Yeah. Unless she went over there to visit him, which she could only do um, once a year, times. Yeah. they wouldn't have seen each other. I mean, something like that is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. If you marry a US citizen, you know, most people, I think a lot of assumptions are, oh, if you know you marry a US citizen, you you get to live in the US. Yeah, we've well, seen that was that's also a big that business. That. That yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I saw some interview questions that now, because people 
if you get married to a U.S. citizen and that's how you get your green card, uh, these interviews can be really, really nasty. Yeah. yeah. You know, people have to know um, what kind of underwear. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to really know that person because Ex people think that you marry people just to get the citizenship. Right. Yeah, exactly right. So. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. And I think a lot of people assume, especially, like, people that aren't educated on the process, that it's so easy to become an become a citizen you hear it all the time well why don't you become a citizen yeah and unfortunately i just think that people aren't educated on it yeah well, well, I remember we, I, we are from europe right mm -hmm. so we are our process <laughs> yeah. while lengthy and scary those people that are coming in from other countries where the world is falling apart yeah and you know we're going to see that tomorrow there are going to be people there with stories that are unbelievable yes. what they had to go yeah. through in order to come here so just to to give an example to that point <clears throat> When I, I won that green card lottery, that the, they call it diversity lottery, mm -hmm. um, th this, there was still a mountain of paperwork to do an interview at the embassy. And I remember in the forms, I had to explain all the countries where I lived. I had to give um, a criminal record for each country, even if there was wow. nothing, just said you have wow. nothing. Right. And I, at the time, I had lived in France, Switzerland, Germany. And so I had to gather all these things. Mm -hmm. If you live in a part of the world where it's not easy to obtain those documents. Oh, yeah. Your odds oh, are just... That yeah. reminds me. I had to... I, I've lived here for, what, over 30 years. And I had to make a list of every single country I had ever visited. Wow. Every single trip I'd ever taken out of the, outside of the United States. So I went through passport after passport to kind of look at the stamps and figure out when did I go where, right? Mm -hmm. And then one passport was missing. And it was oh. missing because... They switched when when um, Germany joined the European Euro Union. Mm -hmm. They switched passports, and I had sent my green one back to Berlin uh, in order to get a burgundy one, one. Yeah. You know, for <laughs> European Union. So this one passport, I thought, hmm, how many trips were in there? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I do remember as a child when my parents were. Um, they had we had been here uh, on student visas and then on a on a temporary work visa, and then. My parents actually had to go back to Chile for a month um, and leave me. I was age, I was five. Oh, wow. My sister is seven and a half. Well, my aunt, who was here as well, um, went. She came and lived with us for a month so that we could, so that they could travel back to Chile to go through, meet with the consulate, get all the paperwork, put all wow. the documents together. Because they were, they, they were declaring their intent to move permanently to the, to the United States. And the United States really doesn't want to bring in someone with gaps in their history. They just, yeah. they don't want to see those gaps. It's, mm -hmm. it's really easy to pick someone else. Yeah. yeah. And so unfortunately it does become, it was, it's bureaucratic. You know, yes. For a reason, but it's exceptionally bureaucratic. Oh, yeah. yes. More so than it has to be. Yeah, and I think they're starting to, I mean, hopefully they're starting to realize that, you know, we need to figure out a way to streamline the immigration process. It's just too tedious. Yeah. I tell you, I had to pay, we're talking 1984, I paid an immigration lawyer $2,500 because oh, wow. I needed the paperwork to be filled out correctly. Yeah, yeah. so it's an and expensive I, I mean, and process. It's, yeah, and, and no, to, to me, as a musician, 2500 bucks was a fortune. Yeah. yeah, it's a fortune today. But yeah. in 1980, yeah. it was even worse. Yeah, it's a it lot of won. money. Yeah, it's a lot of money. And time, and you know. But the paperwork is in a language that, unless you are n know yeah. your language, which 
that's the problem with the English language. It's so diversified for mm -hmm. every single yeah. uh, area that, you know, I, I don't know. I don't understand. Non capisco. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so if you all could tell those who are becoming citizens tomorrow one thing, what would you say to them? Welcome to the country. <laughs> Welcome to a new home. And it is going to feel different. You know, I thought, okay, I've lived here for so long, getting the paperwork, oh, it's not going to make a difference. The first time I heard the national anthem played as a citizen, boy, yeah. I don't cry easily, but it brought me to tears. Yeah. You know, and all of a sudden, it was my national yes. anthem. Yeah. Well, since I'm, I'm going to be in the process, yes. I would say I envy you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I became a green card holder in July of 2000. 14, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I will be officially eligible to apply July of this year. And then you can start the paperwork like 90 days before that. So mm -hmm. sometimes in April um, next month, I'll be able to begin the process. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it would not happen until July. But Get your passports together. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. And I would say uh, welcome and realize that there's been many before you and many will follow. Yeah. Um, and we can really uh, welcome your contribution. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. So finally, is there anything that any of you would like our listeners to know before we kind of wrap up? Anything that we've discussed that you want to add on to? I think you've done a pretty good job with your questions. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really thoughtful. And um, I'm just, thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, to talk of course. About well, we're all really excited um, for this ceremony that's going to be held tomorrow. So if you are interested um, in going and being a part of it and watching basic, I mean, this is history being made. Mm -hmm. These are people's lives that are being changed for, you know, the rest of their lives. This is going to be a very important moment mm -hmm. um, tomorrow. It is occurring um, in the theater. At 10, I think. At 10 yes. o'clock. And I'm sure you've gotten a few emails about it. <laughs> yeah. So make sure to check your email and make sure that you're in the right place at the right time. And thank you all for listening. Yeah. Thank you all for being thank here for with being us. Here. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much. All right. We'll be back next week with another episode. Bye. Bye.